You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It's Wednesday, August 25th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Chris Hummer, National College Football Reporter for 24-7 Sports. Chris, we just got done watching a press conference with the three commissioners of the new alliance in college football between the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. They said a lot of confusing things that we are going to unpack. And then, of course, after the press conference, the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klievkoff, told The Athletic that they're going to announce a decision about whether to expand by the end of the week. So the press conference in which nothing really happened or in which actually there was uh, more confusion created than certainty, uh, of course, as you said before we hit record, all the good stuff happened after. So with that being said, What did we learn? I jotted down a few notes. What's the most important one, Chris, that this is not under contract? I think so. I think in a sport where everything's under contract, coaching contracts, games contracts, sponsorship agreements and everything, the fact that this is not under contract is not a binding legal document says a lot about the long-term strength of this agreement. These conferences might end up really sticking together. They might honor that handshake agreement as one of the commissioners called it. But I think when push comes to shove that this is ultimately just a power play by these three leagues trying to take back and strike back a little at the SEC for its move of adding Oklahoma and Texas. Um, They're trying to band together to kind of fight the bigger enemy, I guess would be a good way to think about that. It was a, it was a, it was a long press conference, but I'm not really sure what was really uh, decided here. Yeah. I'll backtrack a little bit. The, um, the, what the Alliance is, uh, and this is from the press release, three conferences remain competitors in every sense, but are committed to collaborating and providing thought leadership on various opportunities and challenges, including student athlete welfare, strong academic experience and support, which you can tell is important, uh, social justice, gender equity, future structure of the NCAA, federal legislative efforts, and then I think, I guess, like most, I hate to say it, like most relevant to this podcast, postseason championships and future formats. So like this isn't, like they're not forming just to make everything very like really clear. They're not forming a new conference and they're not the scheduling thing is interesting. And we'll touch on that in a second. Teams from the ACC will still be allowed to play teams from the SEC. That's not they're not making their own inclusive, exclusive, whatever word that is conference. They're just going to try to bolster those teams conference strings of schedules with a little bit probably extra cross-pollination between those three leagues and and try to eventually be their own thing. And then I guess Chris probably vote to delay or hold off on expansion of the playoff until 2025 when that media rights bundle goes to market. They can get more money. They could probably try to figure out a way to, to wedge ESPN out, which I think would be good for the sport, get Fox involved. Maybe our, our big bosses at CBS will get back in the game as uh, they're stepping away from the SEC. Maybe NBC, maybe Amazon, Apple, Netflix. I should probably mention those. This is just with no contract and with no really like revenue plans, with the exception of encouraging Ohio State to play Clemson in the regular season and doing some cool stuff in basketball and for the Olympic sports too. This doesn't really like do much for me. I think the biggest question I have now is like what happens to the Big 12, which they they said in the press conference they care about. But the Big 12 is not in the alliance. So like, why should we even care about the Big 12 is kind of what they made me feel like. 
Yeah, that cracked me up. I think it was Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, who said, we really think the Big 12 is important. We need the Big 12 to do well. The Big 12 matters. But it's uh, I think you know everything you need to know about how those three conferences think of the Big 12 right now by the fact that they weren't included in this alliance. My expectation now, Chris, would be the Big 12, those teams start to scatter. I think it depends. I think the Pac-12 commissioner, when they were talking to the Athletic, as I'm seeing right now on Twitter, this is kind of happening as we're talking essentially said they were looking at expansion as a parallel kind of track potentially to the alliance. And based on those words and that wording, I'm kind of looking at as the PAC-12 chose this alliance as opposed to expanding in the immediate Mm. time period. And if the that's that's obviously a little speculative, but I have heard that the PAC-12 might not expand because they don't see value and any of the teams that could add out of the Big 12 in terms of what they bring into the television deal and adding more money to that. Because ultimately, it's going to come down to expansion if these schools add value to the league. And I think I've heard similar things, and we probably both have heard similar things about the ACC and their television deal. Like, does West Virginia really add monetary value to their kind of rights package? And are they going to be able to add more revenue per school by adding West Virginia? And I've largely heard the answer is no. So when you think about those two conferences potentially being off the table in terms of expansion, the options for the other eight Big 12 schools have shrunk considerably. Now, like Iowa State and Kansas could still go to the Big 10 potentially if the Big 10 chose to go that route. But like if those two leagues don't expand and the other eight schools in the Big 12 are left scrambling, I think it's a I think there's a decent chance, at least in the short term, the Big 12 could stick together for a bit mm. and we could see the Big 12 maybe look to poach a couple of American athletic conference teams. And this could change by the day in college football. And this is all just kind of based on what we've heard today and what a little bit of what I'm hearing as well. But I don't, I don't think this means the end of the Big 12, but I do think it means that these three conferences plus the SEC will decide the fate of the Big 12 in the future. And we could look at a situation where we only have four autonomy leagues, or maybe the Big 12 retains its autonomy status but it takes considerably less money from the playoff pool or something like that. So That's there's, there's a lot of things that could happen. That's an interesting yeah. hypothetical. Scheduling, I know people want to talk about that, so we will. The contracts of some of these non-conference games and the TV conference contracts, Chris, don't, don't end for, like in the ACC's case, for 10 years. So you can't just blow up currently planned non-conference games. So some of this stuff with the Alliance won't even take place until the 2030s. Yeah, so I think... Even Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, mentioned on the call that they are not going to break any current contracts. That is not the goal of this alliance. And he specifically mentioned 2035 as a date to where these TV these TV deals go through for these games. I think he mentioned that there are some 65 football games between ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 teams on the schedule already through 2035. But I think that also underscores the larger point that this won't really matter from a football perspective. I think in basketball, you have more flexible scheduling. You'll see this have an impact right away. But in terms of football, we're not going to see these schedules revamped immediately. We're not going to see Michigan playing USC in three years as they break out of other games they currently had scheduled. We're going to have to wait for that. And the longer tail of this agreement is going to happen well into the future if these uh, three conferences end up staying together. So no, I would not expect to see an immediate impact from a television perspective in the football realm of this. Yeah. And and worth pointing out a few of our big non-conference games, even this fall that we're excited about Ohio state, Oregon, Michigan, Washington, those are already, you know, those those are already planned. So it's not like some of this stuff wasn't already happening. You know, the rivalries will still exist. Like it's it said they they left a they left a sentence for it. Clemson and South Carolina, Florida, Florida State. They left like a, they didn't explicitly mention those, but they're not going to do away with those rivalry games. At least we think. I mean, bigger and better rivalries have have fallen because of conference realignment. 
and expansion and all that stuff. So, so you never know. I just hope that my fear was, and I'm, I was a little bit relieved that this isn't in writing. This is not a contract. And this was not those three conferences blocking out the SEC the, the way it looked like the SEC blocked them out. I will be really sad if in 2040, the only time a school like Texas or uh, you know what, screw Texas, I'll go bigger. A school like Alabama could play <laughs> Ohio State would be in a playoff setting. You know what I mean? That would that would be disappointing. Well, Trey, I don't I don't think that'll ever happen because I would say a big motivating factor, despite what they were saying about academics and the student athlete experience of this alliance is money. They are trying to create interesting football matchups through these alliances to create more money. That might mean the Pac-12 and the Big Ten moving to an eight-game conference schedule, and they have more enticing non-conference games instead of maybe Purdue playing Ohio State in the cross-division slate. We could see more of that. And Money is also driven by interesting matchups in other places. So I don't think you're going to see Alabama, USC off the table in the future because both of those schools can drive a lot of money towards themselves and their television partners by playing that matchup. I think the matchups will maybe a little more rare than what we see now when we see this happen frequently in the non-conference portion of this, but I don't think you're going to see it totally off the table in terms of the SEC playing those other teams from those other three leagues. Great point. And my last question to you, and then we'll get you out of here. As far as the playoff expansion goes... It's eventually going to be 12. We kind of thought it, it could be 12 in 2023. It's looking like these these conferences are going to want to wait now, uh, given what the SEC did. Do you think it's worth it for a conference like the Pac-12, which you would think by 2025, Oregon's or USC has found a way in, but it wouldn't shock me if they don't, you know? You know what I mean? Do you think it, it's, it's smart that they're playing the long play to make sure they can... I'm answering my own question here. They're playing the long <laughs> play as far as expansion to make sure that the SEC doesn't get up to something here and to make sure that they can all possibly get more money from a more competitive bidding war than just ESPN, even if it means a four-team playoff until 2025 and possibly being left home every single holiday season. I think you all, if you're the new Pac-12 commissioner, um, George Clackoff, you have to look out to the long-term interest of your league. You are hired to make 20-year decisions, not two-year decisions. And if you believe that halting the expansion of the playoff, at least for four years, so you can get to a contract window where you can negotiate with ESPN and other networks for those dealings, I think it is the right thing to do. We're talking about 2023 at the earliest, right? Most likely for the 12 game, 12 team expansion. So it's only an additional two years. If you're the Pac-12 or you're the Big Ten and you're the ACC and you can stomach that for another two years, you wait. Because like two years, two years might seem like a long time to a fan base, like hoping to reach the layoffs. But for these commissioners who are going to have their jobs for a decade or two, it's no time at all. So I, I really think you have to prioritize the long-term interests of the league. And if they believe that having Fox, CBS, Amazon, whatever, at the table to negotiate those rights next to ESPN is a healthy thing, I believe they will wait. Yeah, and I, I think the new rights package should have the playoff split up the AFC NFC style. And the last point I'll make on that, Chris, the Alliance would probably love, they would probably love this if the teams that just left for the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma, gain league entry pretty soon, assuming the Big 12 falls apart. And then those teams sit there and wait in a much more competitive conference for a few more years while the playoff gets, uh, while the playoff does not get expanded. Like Oklahoma probably thought the SEC they were joining would have playoff expansion by 2023. Yeah, yeah, like Lincoln Riley is probably like, well, my job just got a lot harder. So 
I think that's an well, interesting Trey, point there. Trey, that's an interesting point in general. Let's say let's say the SEC is at 16 in 2022, 2023, but we wait till 2025 to expand. For a two-year window, you're only having four Power 5 conferences essentially compete for four spots because the Big 12 is going to be kind of out of that mix given the way that mm-hmm. schedule sets up, at least as is. So doesn't the Pac-12 technically have an even better chance of reaching the playoff under that scenario? Yeah, I guess so because you're uh, the you're assuming you know, maybe throw an extra loss to that SEC team that usually would be an at-large contender, like a non-Alabama, but you throw an extra loss in there by virtue of an additional too tough for opponents and the the grind of, of playing those opponents in a more frequent basis. Like a, you go Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, Arkansas, like if that was your four game stretch, you might be better than all those teams, but that's just makes everything a little bit harder. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would, you'd be getting into the weeds about whether a two loss SEC runner up is better than a one loss Pac-12 champion. But like, I I would argue that you could certainly loss. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue you could certainly see a scenario in which the Pac-12 is advantaged by that as opposed to being disadvantaged. Well, um, thanks to the Alliance. Actually, no thanks. I'm, I'm really sick of talking about non-football football stuff this close to the season. <laughs> so hopefully this is our last one of these for a little bit. This is more like this is good June content, Chris, but we're ready to talk. Ready to talk some ball. Uh, Chris Hummer, thank you for joining us. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Appreciate him putting this thing together. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great Wednesday. We have a bonus episode coming later today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.